0: Sent 420, number 24, little Durban Poison, little uh, Grape God, and Ethos Mandarin Cookies. Um, no filter again. Just making...
1: I feel like we've moved on.
0: I feel like... It's about uh,
1: time. <laughs>
2: the filter didn't work. You know, it could be that we could do it better.
1: Yeah, I was actually right. thinking of ways, maybe some filters that are in between that and just the rolled up.
0: I mean, so like the cardboard thing or what?
1: Something a little more than that is what I was just Is that saying. one,
0: is mine on too? Yeah, you're at the bottom. Okay, I was looking at the top.
2: Mm. I see. Right. <laughs> the cardboard thing? I
1: said something in between the cardboard yeah. and the filter. Not quite the cardboard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what about a, What about a blunt? gross. Have you guys <laughs> yeah. smoked blunts? Sure. Yeah. I have yeah. before. And what is a guilty plush. Yeah, yeah, plenty yeah. of blunt. And then what, what's the other one that people, spliff? when they just, a spliff, right? Oh, uh, you mix
2: stuff in there. And that's
0: with tobacco,
2: right? Or I had probes. a phase with that too. Uh, yeah, usually uh, yeah. with tobacco. Yeah. Uh,
1: in Italy, that's what I find the most. Really? Yeah.
2: yeah. You know, in, uh, oh, oh no, yeah. Spain. In Spain, you see people rolling cigarettes all the time and they sprinkle some hash
0: in there. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's is that nice. considered a spliff? I mean, is this a spliff if this had like tobacco in it? I would say, yeah. Yeah. And then Blunt is with the cigar paper. But does it have tobacco in it as well? Or is it just
1: just a shell Uh mm
0: -hmm.
1: for flavor? The old
2: school
0: way was to like, you had to buy
2: a swisher and like, Mm
0: -hmm. you know. Unru- unroll it or I'll just get, like, it out of it, there and people it
2: yeah it was like a skill you had to develop yeah, like yeah. nowadays they just have wraps all uh, ready
0: for
3: you Wax uh, we used to <laughs> back
0: in the day to make it look like cigarettes you would um like keep the cigarette intact and you'd get out all the mm. fucking mm-hmm. you know um tobacco mm. and then you just pack it just so it had the look to it yeah uh-huh.
1: and then you cut the filter off
0: yeah, I think so. <laughs> Ooh, I don't ever remember smoking with a filter. Right? Yeah, never really did. But th- I think that's kind of like, mm. you know, we were a little harder back then. Mm. But before before so, yeah. us, they had you know Lucky Strike, so they were a little harder than us. Mm.
2: Right. <laughs> so they did strikes. a lot of spliffs in Italy.
1: Yeah, at least when, when I, I was uh, there, that's really uh, was
2: there. was weed like um, popular out there. Was it, it is. looked down yeah. upon still? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, as yeah. well, at the same time?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. some relatives that uh-huh. did. Part of
2: the Catholic thing, too, maybe?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just... It's not like here. There's a completely different... It's more of seen as just a drug. Like, they don't mm-hmm. really... As yeah. far as I know, I don't know a lot of people there mm-hmm. who would say, oh, yeah, it has all the benefits. They just do it mm-hmm. to get high. Right. So... But maybe there are, and I just don't know where these people mm-hmm. are.
2: do you think like most young people smoke though,
0: isn't it funny though, like um a lot of the olds who you know dislike weed and stuff, they're very dedicated drinkers, you know, and yeah, it's yeah. like or yeah. that's smokers. a pretty obvious mm-hmm.
2: um. You know, there was a guy on uh, Joe Rogan recently, I just saw a clip mm-hmm. about alcohol, it's like history of mm-hmm. alcohol, mm-hmm. and he was saying one thing that happened, for one, like alcohol was like way weaker back in the day, mm-hmm. um, before they figured out how to like distill, I think that was the, the process, okay. and, like getting the... Because food. it was more
0: fermentation? Is right.
2: Never yeah, okay. really
3: got above 3%, huh? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, but for beer, I think yeah, he said, yeah. yeah. Um, but then the other part was everything was ceremonial, you mm-hmm. always drank you know it, with other people mm-hmm. and it was you drink after this thing happens after this person says something you drink so it was always with people so it was like the things were stronger combined with the fact that you have it in your house mm-hmm. and now it's not regulated by like social you know norms or whatever mm-hmm. yeah. why people turn into alcoholics uh, these days yeah and
3: you have 15% beer so mm-hmm. 15% <laughs> fucking ridiculous malt liquor
0: <laughs> yeah <that. laughs> Do you guys ever drink any of the malt liquor? The forties. Oh, I know 40s. like a
1: pretty strong. There's a pretty strong wine in Italy. It's like eighteen percent. Yeah, um, it's really good. It huh. is too good.
2: I had a grappa, right? Isn't that oh, this, like? Uh, yeah,
1: it's like a. What's the word in English? It helps you digest after you. Probiotic. Eat no after you you, people usually drink this after a mm-hmm. big meal mm-hmm. um i think it helps you know cutting in with flavor and cutting yeah. just that's another
2: thing content. with like france with like cheese <laughs> they have good. one of those they, uh, the it starts with a p digest, i think uh, digestive okay. okay uh-huh something yeah. like that yeah, yeah. interesting I And mean, grappa is just like the stems and the seeds and the the, the I actually don't know. Stuff, I know right? there's
1: different kinds too. Okay. The trash,
0: like the leftovers. Yeah, uh-huh. And it's like, like stronger, wrap. like a liquor. Let's make sure like it, a it is. Yeah,
1: it's usually like a shot that they give you. Yeah, they don't uh, give
0: me like a. And so, what? Whiskey. It's got like enzymes in it? Is that the deal no, for digestion? The digestive.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. I don't know yeah. what it has. Mm. I think it's just.
2: Could be probiotic. Tequila's probiotic. Is it? Uh-huh. Is that really? Right? Mm-hmm. Well, you wouldn't think anything could live inside of that shit. The worms sure can't they were <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, you think probiotics have to survive through your intestinal tract, right? Mm, but, uh, mm, they're mm. already... That is a good point. Going mm. through some intense conditions. Most of them don't make it all the way to your gut. They die on the way in your, in your uh, mm. intestines. But.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that sounds... Uh, tequila as a probiotic. Now you're going to just create a whole oh, bunch geez. of alcoholics. People are going to be like, fuck, that one dude Jordan said it was cool. <laughs> it moderate my health. health. <laughs> That's funny stuff. So what's new in the world this week? Anything that anybody wants to discuss, bring forward?
2: Yeah, I've been like off grid. That was like an interesting thing It's like being gone for a week and then... I wasn't turning my phone on, and then one one morning I was I worked out, and I was like, maybe I will, and it was interesting to like not be because every morning I'm like checking stuff, While I'm making coffee, I'm like sure. listening to something, uh-huh. and then it's interesting to scroll around and just see again how. Because when you're outside, you know, you're know you just outside doing what you're doing, but then you go online and everybody's pissed about this thing happening, this thing, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, it's still going, it never stops going. So it's it kind of interesting to unplug and then like replug in.
0: I think it's spinning faster and faster these days. Mm-hmm. I think there's like every time you turn around, there's a new like plot twist to whatever story is going on, you know, whatever yeah. is happening in the world.
3: Such a perfect way to put it, because it does feel like a twist every week. It's like, like just when you think the the story's unfolding, it fucking takes some other sharp turn and.
1: Sounds like people are getting stir crazy. They just need to go out more. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a
0: big part of it. I think that's been building though. You know, I think obviously, COVID's been a climactic event of that. You know, a catalyst. Yeah, yeah, it just mm-hmm. brings it all together. But, you know, I just. uh see people in their daily life you know what i'm saying just in that mm. literal rat race just mm-hmm. also oh, you got forth. that too you got the, the, got the rat
2: race as long mm. with the along with the news and mm. the mm-hmm. all that craziness yeah Twitter, so people have just Facebook, been, been more and
0: more yeah. isolated and mm-hmm. you know you uh, are digging in sides now and um, yeah mm-hmm. you know and i think it's been building i mean i think that it's something that's been happening for Quite some time, you know. That's for me. Like I've had one real like forty-hour a week job, um, you know, that was a period of time that wasn't just like a get right. me from A to B. And just in that period, man, I could see what a uh, soul killer that is for a lot of people. You know, where you going in and punching a clock, or you, you know, you got to right. be there at a certain time, and you got your lunch hour that's at a certain right. time, and you yeah, know. You, you know, got I, your I, always used to, I
2: always used to think that, and I thought it was smart of me to, like, you know, evade the, mm-hmm. the 9 to 5. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, w- I was driving by this construction site yesterday, and some guy was, like, leaving, he had all his gear on him. And I had the thought about how much that guy, he was a young dude, maybe early 30s, and I was like, how much that dude learned... From that job, sure. you know, especially if you worked it for a long uh-huh. time, and maybe sometimes I see how I missed some of those things yeah, by by not doing the nine to five, and then me being like so antisocial. I was like, I was always like, oh, I'll figure it out myself. I'll figure it out myself, right. and then I kind of missed the internship type phase where you have like someone to go to to like pass on. Or, or even to build discipline in a, in a certain way I yeah. had to learn to do that myself maybe I didn't yeah. do it that well mentor
0: I mean, camaraderie yeah, yeah. I mean there's I yeah, think there's some good things yeah. about yeah. Um, going into work I think the I think the problem is for a lot of people is that they're not doing things that they have a desire to do or a passion to do or a real interest in doing and so I know that you know there's a lot of debate on that there's um some you know contemporary uh i don't know uh psychologists i guess who are talking about well you shouldn't necessarily pursue those things that are your passions as your you know career choice why not what's well i think some of the logic is because then you get burned out on your passions i don't know i don't know if i agree with that i don't know you know if we sometimes think it's unrealistic. Um, you want to add that? Are you guys or Probably all right. Yeah. Unless it's I'll going go around one more again. Time. Yeah, probably go around one more time. Mm. <laughs> um, and, you know, even Jordan Peterson, you know, says that it's probably not the best idea to pursue those things, you know, or like to make you happy. Right. That it should be deeper than you know, happiness. I don't know. Um.
1: But is that just passion or like does it count for passion or is it stuff that you like? Because I think that makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Because if it's stuff that I enjoy doing and then I start working and, you know, I I get paid for it, then I think I burn out faster on Mm -hmm. that. But if it's something that's really a passion, I don't see that happening. Like, I wouldn't see that happening.
0: Well, this is what I see is that. Anybody, anybody, are we good? I think everything takes practice, right? And I think for you to find your passion, I don't know that for most people, they're just going to stumble upon what they're passionate about. Um, I think, you know, in my case, you know, even though I found kind of my stuff early on in life, um, It, you know, it took like effort to get there. It wasn't like, oh, you're just like, oh my gosh, mysterious, you know, like thing fell into my lap and oh my gosh, you know, I'm, Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, and I think that if people don't practice doing the things that they like to do and figuring out how to make that fit into their life, then finding the things that you're passionate about or that give you a purpose is going to be rather elusive, um, because you don't know how to recognize it. You don't know how to recognize, is that just a kind of excitement of the moment? You know, like so many people doing martial arts, for instance, or losing weight. Losing weight's a great example. They talk to me and they have this initial like bout of enthusiasm. Where they're like, man, this is the greatest thing. They and see themselves face. on the yeah on yeah. the beach, mm-hmm. looking ripped, and chicks mm-hmm. are flocking around them, or vice versa. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They build this yeah. image in their mind.
2: And new things are often fun and
0: exciting. Correct. Except and people getting into a not hard, new hard new relationship, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then everything's right, fun until hard. Things start to settle in they're not there as much and you know and I hear this all the time from people like oh this is my new passion they'll use these heavy words that have deeper meaning than, oh yeah man this is great I'm enjoying it I'm having a good time Um, and I think a lot of times what people want to do is go too far into that you know it's kind of this goes back to what I think we've been talking about where we talk about that level that we're trying to reach of enlightenment, so to speak, whatever that is to that individual. And, you know, my position is you need to start at the primal stage and start to work yourself up as opposed to jumping to that next, you know, arena, that next area. And I think we do that so much in this society nowadays where we want, you want the passion, but you don't, work through the steps that are going to develop a passion. You know what I'm saying? And so um, whatever that is, whether it's the, you know, you want to get your black belt, but you don't really focus on the steps that are going to get you to your black belt. And, you know, whatever could be a, a very important marker in, you know, the pursuit of something.
1: So what does focus on the steps entail?
0: Well, I think that that entails, one, learning how to enjoy yourself in most situations right and you know this again takes us back to what we talked about a couple weeks ago where um, there's this kind of question in uh, my mind because I was even questioning it where you know I say that I don't have bad days and then I'm going back after I'm you know listening to that and I'm like does that sound fucking egotistical to say stuff like that am I saying it to put myself in a better position And when I break down my days, when I look at things, it's like, no, I can't say that that was a bad day, right? Um, Because like, you know, I don't know if this is fucked up if you guys do this, but you go through something that sucks, right? So whatever that is, whatever, you know, you could get your ass kicked out on the mat. You could fucking have a fight with your girl. You could fucking get pulled over by the police officers, you know, officers, whatever. And then you kind of, after all that goes away, you kind of laugh about what a fucked up situation that was. Right? Do you guys ever do that? I mean, yeah. I do that all the time. Like, oh, man, that was fucked up. And it might be I like, find
2: it's easier to do with friends. Uh-huh. To, like, tell this shitty thing that happened to you as a story. Yeah. Like, man, you know what happened to me? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right. And it's like, you always want to hear funny story like bad stories uh-huh. you, you want to hear that you know I heard someone say that it's better to share like bad things that happen to you it kind of sounds like bragging when you're mm-hmm. like whoa this happened and I right, met, you know and this you know
1: yeah but you don't want to share it like all woe is me yeah. that's yeah. right you don't you, you want to laugh about it, it yeah. you
0: want to it's like telling it as a joke mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah well uh, then I think you can have some positive mm-hmm. experiences from mm-hmm, it right yeah. and then you can chalk it up for to that mm-hmm. more of that was an experience in the day so, than yeah. th- Man, this fucking day sucks. So I
2: think this, again, goes to the idea that, you know, the way I've been, like, thinking about it is that there's events and things happen and there's maybe an objective world and things. And, and then there's what you think about those things, which is maybe composed like a story. So mm-hmm. we put narratives on everything. That's how... That's how we like interact with the world and you know aside from the fact whether that's the real world or maybe it's even the i've heard this idea that it's the combination of the two that actually creates the virtual reality that we live in mm-hmm. it makes the world but that aside um you what i've been thinking about is if if you so like for me you know kind of bring it back to what you're saying before i went through practicing guitar i'm sure you've gone through this any music kind of thing and for instance, playing with the click is like water torture. Kick, yeah. kick, kick, kick. Especially at first, I see people they can't, they don't know how to even listen to it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like listening to two things at once. Yeah, you have to learn to listen to it and you. Um, or if
3: it's with the band, you're, then you're trying yeah. to listen to the drummer and the click, right? The bass player and the click. And yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Right. <clears throat> so you learn to like have multiple minds and stuff like that. So it is like this crazy valuable thing, um, but it's hard mm-hmm. and it sucks. And I still don't, I don't like it. But, you know yeah. what I mean? Like in one way, though. That's what's weird. Is so, I've been, do you know who, uh, I forget his first name, Asato. He's like a YouTube guitar player. Oh, you've told me about him before. Yeah, I? Okay, yeah. so maybe I mentioned it. See, maybe I don't have anything new to say, but um, <laughs> I've been like going through like these 10 exercises that he has that he does every day, and they're badass. They're really cool, right? And so, recently I sat down in the morning, put on the click, and I was like, oh, I gotta get more coffee. And I kept like <laughs> no. stopping, you know what I mean? I would start, and then I was like, oh, man, I'm not liking this. Mm-hmm. But then if you can get into it, then it's like maybe even a higher state than, even a higher state of enjoyment than you could get
0: otherwise. 100%. I mean, yeah. right. I think mm-hmm. that's something. So I learned this early on and it was it was kind of fucked up because in the army, this goes back to the army days, I think they do such a poor job of motivating people to enjoy the suckiness of the experience, right? Mm. So... um it's, it's those things that you look back on and you're like, fuck, man, that was badass. But why didn't they teach me? You, you know, and, So they think that you teach. have
2: to suffer. They're like, oh, this is supposed to be this <clears throat> shitty experience. Right. They like, kind of like, present it like that. Like,
0: this is what I try to do with people out on the map. It's going to be a fucking shitty experience for a while. But I'm trying to get you to enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get you to, like... Fucking A, man, this guy smashed me the whole fucking time, you know, five minute round of just, you know, fucking shoulder in the face, grinding out, you know, I turn, boom, arms across my neck. I get my arm free, turn, other arms across my neck. I turn over, he's on my back. Fucking sweat just sucks. Mm -hmm. But if you can change that, all of a sudden, that's a fucking kick-ass experience. Because here's the thing, even if you got your ass kicked, you walk out of there and you're like, oh, that motherfucking dude is a brown belt that dude out on the street isn't gonna be able to touch me so you just walk out just ahead of the game regardless right but when you start to learn to to enjoy those really sucky moments man all of a sudden you just get avenues that start to open up right you get to see things from a perspective that you can only see it when something sucks and therein lies i think a lot of uh Opportunities that have been created, right? Where people have really excelled during um, difficult times because they got put into a position like that, but they were also ready, they were open to capitalize on those situations because they've been in sucky situations before. And in my mind, they have to learn how to enjoy those sucky situations. Mm-hmm. The ones that crash, I think you know again like like using jordan peterson who i really respect but he crashed recently right and so i don't know if he enjoyed those sucky situations that he was finding himself in right i think um you know that level of fight that level of conflict for him isn't something that he enjoys you can see how it's kind of broken him down in that mm-hmm. regards um but I don't know that he could avoid it either, right? So I, I what's think,
1: enjoying though? Because and can you apply that to every possible gosh I rough situation? Like can you enjoy any of them or all of them?
0: Can you enjoy well, okay, so
1: Because like say somebody's having a rough time mm-hmm. with some some things
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they still wanna be able to move on mm-hmm. you know work through it mm-hmm. not just avoid it
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then move on and continue <laughs> with mm-hmm. their enjoyment but like what does enjoying that so how how does that apply how would you apply that what does that
0: so so like? maybe so the the word enjoyment i guess that might sound a little uh um Kind of one-sided in it. I was saying, I was thinking that you need a couple more words. Yeah, today. appreciate uh, the situation because right. you look at these guys who have been in combat, right? Like, and I've been in combat, but I've been in very moderate, moderate, mm-hmm. you know, uh, exchanges of fire compared to what some of these guys who have been in, like in D-Day. Okay, um, I can't imagine in my mind something more intense than that. Just given what I understand mm-hmm. yeah. about you know, um, limited warfare and seeing that on a scale like that with just the amount of like artillery and the, just the explosions, the concussion, the stench, the whatever, the insanity that's going on. But those guys who survived it, at least the ones that I've heard in interviews, and it's kind of interesting because it, it oftentimes goes like this, they will inevitably, um, not mock, but like maybe talk down on the people who want to go to combat. Because what they'll say is, you don't want to go to combat. You don't want to experience what we experienced. But then on the flip side, they'll say they would never trade that experience. That that Mm -hmm. given the chance to do it again, that they would do it again, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think the ones that are not fucked up, right? The ones that don't have these demons that they deal with are the ones that found that enjoyment in there. Maybe even beyond the appreciation, because the appreciation is important. But I think to come to terms with a lot of things, you got to be able to enjoy yeah. that situation to, to some degree. It seems
2: like a, yeah, there's a, couple, there's a couple different ideas in there. Mm-hmm. Like, like I was thinking enjoyment maybe means like that's one emotion joy, Mm -hmm. right? But it's being like inside of, uh, so inside of the moment of that, inside Mm of it. And maybe you could have, you know, some other emotions in there. Mm -hmm. And so then maybe you could further break it down to it's like being in the moment. Mm -hmm. That, you're right, it's like not necessarily an emotion, a specific emotion attached to, But maybe it is like being in the moment that is the, the lens you're talking about. Well, right. Because then, then even, achieve, or would you say, um, appre- appreciation is also afterwards, though. Mm-hmm. That's like thinking later about it. Or, or thinking right?
0: pre. You could appreciate mm. the fact that you're alive. And the time that you're going to feel it the most is when you're in the moment. And so that's where, again, I break it down to enjoyment. Enjoying being alive, man. And if you're in the rawest of rawest moments, but again, my rawest moments have not been that raw, you know, Um, at least in, in, you know, for me, like I haven't had anything that's kicked me over the edge. Um, You know, the first person I saw, you know, get killed was a young, you know, young kid in Somalia. And um, I've seen many, many people get killed in, in Africa. Um, some really violent stuff and again it wasn't like you enjoyed the fact that people were getting hurt that's not what I'm talking about but that insanity of what was going on is like an experience that's really hard to um, want to shy away from right? because it gets you to a point where man this is this mm. is alive right? and then you come back to that well, do you enjoy being alive? I mean, those are the moments that really make you feel alive. It's like, you know, rolling for instance. Rolling is great, 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 great. But what's really awesome is that last couple minutes of that roll on a fucking hot day when you're just, man, you want it to end and then you dig deep and you get through that last part. That's at least the parts that stick with me. The other stuff was great. I chalk it up to, to other things, but it's like that moment that's going to stick with me for a while that's going to have an imprint that's mm-hmm. like, whew, man, mm-hmm. that's where you had to dig deep. Yeah. So
2: if I relate it to music, mm-hmm. that's probably where I've seen those moments the most, is um, I can't... I, I, I have a hard time reliably getting there, I'll mm-hmm. be honest, you know. Most of the time I don't get there. Mm-hmm. Into a, into so in the moment, like let's say improvising, because I probably... Flow find state. It, yes. So so the flow state um, is, usually, is usually dispersed throughout an hour if I'm doing a performance or, or playing or practicing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some relationship to having to climb up through difficulty mm-hmm. to force myself to put my energy into it. Because yep. if I do anything lazy, if I do anything half-ass, it feels like shit. It feels really bad because it's bad music and bad music sounds bad. There's this like, that's a
3: cool feedback system. Even if people enjoy it, you're still in your head knowing that that note was lazy. (laughs) This note was like, right,
2: right, right, right. It's not as good as it could have been. So there is some of that too, but I do, you know, you get so energized when it's good. Right. Mm -hmm. it's like this feedback thing. Um, uh, So, so yeah, so it takes, but I have a hard time getting there on purpose all Mm -hmm. the time. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like you know, yeah. So we're talking about maybe like a lens that we could apply to any situation, mm-hmm. like whatever word we want to use, enjoyment or being in the moment, things like that. Some sort, it's even an act, some sort of thing to do in any moment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's it's yeah. So I don't know. I I'm, I also have tried to build you know a map to that state, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely don't do it that well. Yeah, you know, even in here. Mm-hmm. It's it's rare that I get a really good um, flow state, you know. Sp- night. Yeah, yeah, that would help. Yeah, uh, and I do smoke before I come here most of the
3: time, but um, yeah. So I don't know. I'll, I'll say that <clears throat> in relation to the the suckiness, the I can think of the the two shittiest days I ever had in working in kitchens, and they were arguably the most fun I ever had. I mean, one of the the first one I can think of was at the keg. Steakhouse over in Lakewood, and I was working salads and appetizers at the time. And sometimes they would put me on both stations in the night, so I would have seven minutes to get my appetizers out, and any salad that came in, I had three minutes to get that up to the fucking window. And one night, I came in to work salads and desserts and be on call for the appetizer guy, and the other salad guy didn't show up. He was supposed to prep everything the night before, all cut all the tomatoes, everything. I showed up right at two when when or uh, right at fucking 3.30 when first reservation was showing up and it was mother's day it was our biggest night of the year and the minute i showed up tickets started coming in but like fucking five minutes into service i had 20 tickets in the window and i had to start slicing everything to order it did not stop from that moment until 11 o'clock at night i had to slice and fucking cut every head of lettuce every fucking tomato and onion and everything for every order and and i remember halfway through the shift i went to grab the 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 plate door where like the cool fucking whatever it's called refrigerator <laughs> and it was locked and the and it was jagged on the inside and I went to yank and it sliced into my fingers and hit the bone and Ooh. and it just started fucking pouring blood everywhere and I had no choice. I just had to wrap a paper towel around it, put a glove on and just fucking keep going. Get through the shift and then I remember at the end of the night I cut my hand on a piece of glass and I I did the same thing just kept going and then I almost like passed out and but it was getting through that shit that made me realize like those are the moments when you access flow state at the deepest level when when you think like when you want to give up when you're when it's that moment mm-hmm. you're talking about with jujitsu too where you have to dig deep and find out what you're really made of and granted i'm making fucking salads it's not the the hardest thing in the world but it's so fast-paced and so stressful and you got everybody fucking yelling at you and then on the flip side when i was working appetizers i would go down to opening day at the rockies and they would put me in charge of the appetizer station and i would usually have three guys behind me my whole job was just plating everything i would have to tell them when to drop everything to time it all out perfectly and how to fucking plate everything and get it out within seven minutes and There would just be drunk people slopping and falling all over the floor in front of the appetizer station. I'd see just chaos, fights breaking out, whatever. And you're trying to stay focused on what you got at hand and watch the fucking madness unfold from opening day in front of you. And, man, I I mean, at the end of those nights, though, you just you got this sense of accomplishment that, like, like we fucking made it, you know, like we got through this this tough thing. And and ultimately, that's what led me to become a better chef and to to not feel so pressured when those moments would come and then it turned into excitement anytime I knew we had hundreds of reservations on the books it was like it's fucking go time like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna struggle for a bit and it was almost like right at four o'clock I knew how to switch into flow state like as soon as that first ticket went off something would click in my head and I was ultra present from that moment until the rush ended and um, I think I think i'm i've learned how to incorporate that with music where when i'm leading up to a show i used to be like like you're saying where it was tough for me to to project my energy in an efficient manner where it was like if i was so anxious and so um like just nervous about the set coming up it it'd either go one of two ways or i could take that anxiety and that 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 nervousness and i could put it into the music and have uh, one of the best performances uh, of my life, or that shit would become so paralyzing to me that I I couldn't get into it. And I was always like just a hair behind the beat or a hair ahead or something. And you're just stuck in your head the whole night. But some between being in restaurants and dealing with that shit, being on the biggest stages with music. And then now with jujitsu, I feel like it's all kind of clicking in my head where the music shit doesn't matter anymore. Like I, like since being here, every single show doesn't matter how packed the room is or whatever. I I've learned how to channel that anxiety into something productive. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'm still learning how to fully switch it on when I come into class. But, but coming to class has helped me access that more frequently outside of class. So, Mm -hmm. um, but what you're saying with the, with, the way the way you put pressure on me like i like when we were rolling just wednesday night like i was i felt like i was finding success rolling with jack rolling with amanda you choked me out once i think or maybe that was monday but um but every time i come to you i know i'm gonna get myself stuck in that head and arm choke Mm -hmm. and and i see it coming every time you start setting it up and i think wednesday night was the first time where i like i felt panic kind of start setting in where i i instead like I think in the past i've been able to remain somewhat calm while while it's happening but it's like now i expect it so the minute you start setting it up i'm like oh shit all right here it comes and i'm like looking for the pocket to move out and um i don't even know where i'm going with this but Mm -hmm. but but it does but it's suffering it does (laughs) it does like you're saying that those that moment sticks with me a lot longer than like any of the successes i have rolling with other people for a week after that i'm going to be thinking about how the fuck did eric just slip into that head and arm choke so fucking easily like i thought i was doing good and and make one false move Mm -hmm. and it's just downhill from there but it, it just keeps on replaying in my brain trying to figure out what I did wrong, how to fix it.
2: Hmm. I love the meta pattern of the restaurant music and jujitsu. It's pretty dope, like that you how you can see that pattern in all those things. You know? I, it's the hmm. same
3: thing with skateboarding too, you know, or Makes I mean sure. when I used to try when I I mean I was on a path to try to become a professional skateboarder it's why i moved to denver but it it, it's literally the same thing as martial arts to me where it was like i know i know the first time i throw a a hard flip down a set of 12 stairs i'm not gonna fucking land it the first time so usually i'm just kicking out those first two ollies down the stairs that i'm just kicking my board away, mm. feeling the impact, getting comfortable with it, mm. and then... That's interesting. It reminds me of this
2: kid that I, I saw yesterday. He's 10, and he's doing a diving competition. He was doing it right after I saw him, yeah. and he was supposed to do a flip. He was like, you do a dive, and then you just do a jump. Maybe that's feet in first. I don't know. Hmm. He didn't even know, and then he's like, then I got to do a flip, and he was like, I, I've never done a flip, and I was like, oh, that's interesting that you would like have a kid just do the flip first. Just to get all that stuff out of the way. That sounds similar. Yeah. Like you just need to like get out of the way. What it feels like to jump over this thing, a little yep. bit of fear, get that out of the way. Get a little comfort with what that is. Sure. So just doing the flip and however that but, ends but up. But right. landing in water,
0: I think, is way different <laughs> yeah. than landing on, on concrete. concrete. I don't and know, here's the thing uh, well, with yeah, those skaters. Yeah. yeah. It's like you, like you said. Well, I know I'm gonna fucking you know the first two are throwaways, mm. but. How many do you get? <laughs> you know? Like, if you know when to, you're jumping 12 but steps. But you know how to
2: run and catch yourself. and You're we, not, like,
0: falling. We, we would right? spend
3: time learning how to fall properly. Yeah, like, no, I, yeah. like, literally spent me and my friends. 30 years learning how to and, fall and, but he's, properly. Yeah, yeah, that that going go oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to go routinely jumping 12 steps. To me, that was the equivalent of finding your distance when you're striking. You know what I mean? You're, you're filling out that jab. You're filling out the space in And most of the time, you're not getting hurt. I get you. I mean, it's going to wear on your feet, for sure. Yeah, or like you're exposing, yourself. Yourself. Yeah. You're
1: exposing yourself to it in small doses until you can... And he's
2: facing like the real danger of it, of like concrete off a huge jump. Well, that's what I'm get. saying, you 12 I mean? steps. You can, you can <laughs> practice it on the mat. I mean, if you practice right. on
0: four steps, I would get it. If you said, okay, I'm going to practice on <laughs> Well, you on started
2: four. on t- one, right? I would imagine. like at <laughs> on the beginning yeah, it wasn't couple, just right? throw, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. We, and normally,
3: like if we were going to go skate a, a set of 12, like we would find like a good five or six stair practice whatever mm. tricks we're gonna do on that and then we would all pack in a car and go to that 12 stair and throw our shit but uh, yeah. still i mean taking i mean you're right like taking two impacts down instead of 12 it's not yeah. it's not fun it's not a good yeah. day but yeah. but he's uh, face but
2: then it gets you more in the zone because it's more yeah.
0: dangerous yeah and then you can't right. mess up that's right. like that yeah. alex honnell yeah. guy right right yeah. you can't yeah. you can't Imagine mess up
2: his state of mind like like what, what is going you know like
0: just presence. i don't think that some For him, building the other day. there's like any thought of messing up. You right. know what I'm saying? I, I think it's right. just like because hmm. you got to know in your mind that if you mess up, it's over. So then why even give. Yeah. Any attention. There was to like that.
2: in that documentary there was like a small moment in the middle of it uh-huh. where it got really dark.
0: Uh-huh. Where
2: it was like everybody all his friends are like, Yeah, I mean he could die at any moment and they like they go over all the other people that have died, mm-hmm. all the other all the other free climbers, like right. so many Who of them. We're in the same spot <laughs> Yeah, i are like, yeah. here. I'm, and they're like I'm man, in they're, 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 in right, the and then one day. And so there was a moment in there where he like
1: But he still had to work him work in, work his self- up to that, yeah, like it's not like he just went up there and just did right. it, sure, he yeah, had to study yeah. it, had
0: it,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. Climb yeah, even beforehand. on that, that in the, the documentary, I don't know if you've seen that one, and he no. does the that huge wall in Washington, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. uh, and he did it a bunch of times with ropes first, El-Pep. and you know, hmm? yeah, there it is, yeah, Capitan,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he did even do it with like ropes first to get the route and get comfortable, they, they did take like uh, MRI scans of his brain, though, and they said right. he has amygdala does not, fear doesn't function the way in. Right. Yeah, but
0: then I does. was yeah. reading about that on the amygdala and so there's some discrepancies if that is something that like reduces your, you know, like inhibitions um, or, something. Yeah. or, or not. And mm. so there was a because that's what I had thought and then I read a counterpoint to that, mm-hmm. so um, it's interesting mm-hmm. that yeah, it's always hard. Like you could take. He any... always
1: had it like that, or did he work it out? Like, did he train well, himself? Yeah,
2: no, that's a good question. Like, fear. he changed his brain. That's a really cool question. Because yeah. I that, feel like yeah. you
1: could do things that.
0: Yeah, maybe on mushrooms, right? Like, mm. you or know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Would that change? Or like, if, if you had to do years, the yeah. event right. that you're doing, you know what? You know, like I'm not saying like you're gonna mm. climb El Capitan you know On mushroom. if, uh, mushrooms i'm saying like <laughs> sure. so I think to, there'd be a to change bar. that mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. programming i wonder right. you know like you said yeah. could you make it bigger well if i wanted to be x and i start in small doses with mushrooms does it reroute mm-hmm. that and make yeah. that i
2: think i you know just to use an analogy something i've been thinking lately like i wonder if um psychedelics do have that type of um ability they mm-hmm. can Give you some sort of a clean slate like a little bit of a clean slate or yeah. a little bit of a brain cleaning or mm-hmm. a little bit of a reprogram it allows you maybe to reprogram yeah you know i mean like yeah. how like maybe what shamans use it they definitely you know I mean?
3: do allow you to reprogram I mean. okay yeah so yeah.
2: but the danger being this is something i think about is the same way of like society and uh antifa and stuff is you are you are unprogramming to be reprogrammed mm-hmm. But what part of you is like reprogramming yourself? Well, that's what I'm you know what saying. What I mean? So like, if you, is it your if ego you put yourself in, like, this, this, this yeah, yeah,
0: in that position, then right. you kind of make yourself at least uh, going into it the thought process of what you want to become, mm-hmm. right? right? Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, so, but I wonder, like you know, because your ego drives so many things, mm-hmm. and I'm just saying that I think it is a danger. That's one danger I see in psychedelics, mm-hmm. is that. For one, everybody's so positive about it, hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's just all good, right? I, uh, you know, I definitely don't think it's you all don't good. Don't think so. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean, not to drift into this, like, but no, no.
1: But, but I mean, it's poison after all. Yeah.
2: Mm. Okay. Yeah. If you want to yeah. call it that. Yeah. Yeah. It's back well, to that conversation. Yeah. simply <laughs> look at the Manson
3: case. I mean, hey, that I, was psychedelics uh, used for the worst, and that was that was. Done with government or well yeah, yeah fucking studies. Is that MK? Is that yeah MK yeah. Yeah, yeah, the effects. of
2: all that. So was that uh, Whitey Bulger? Hmm. They did it on him, the the gangster in uh-huh. Chicago who yeah. like murdered so many people, all nasty. And they they he they um, gave him LSD in jail, in prison, like a whole. Like oh, a uh,
3: of the guy mm. after Kennedy died. Um, What's Ruby, his name? yeah, Ruby. Uh-huh. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh-huh. was visited by Jolly West, who was the guy that was programming Charles Manson. Yeah. he was visited by Jolly West a, a few weeks before Kennedy's assassination, and then the day of, he was seen in uh, Ruby's cell right before he came out and shot um, Oswald, mm-hmm. and he was talking about oh, hearing voices of children being murdered in the streets, and all these fucking crazy, mm-hmm. like delusional. Yeah thoughts there's all kinds of shady shit with that
2: the the head guy the the head which i don't know if this is the same guy you're talking about he was like the chemist who mixed all the um psychedelics and the dr jolly west is it him because he also was a poison expert and he was the one that was going to poison uh Fidel Castro, he was mm-hmm. going to, you know, make the mixture. He, and I think he did make uh, poisons uh, to, like, kill people in the CIA. That's
0: what I think is weird about, mm-hmm. and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but <laughs> I'm entertaining more and more these days. But about this vaccine, the mRNA, because if it can make changes to your DNA, does somebody have an ability to influence those changes? You know what I'm saying? Did Was it just like... Not that they're saying, okay, well, we're going to do this to every fucking person who's taken a vaccine. But what I'm saying is, does it create an opening for mm-hmm. somebody to have an ability to influence those changes? And well, know, definitely like things like CRISPR do that, Uh huh. right? Like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Or is this like plans that could mm-hmm. be put into place for a whole host of different things, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's,
2: I mean, I think the just to go along with the, the idea for fun, like there's those transhumanists, I think they call themselves. And um, they're like like Hertzwild, right? And that, that kind of light, like... the like, main dude. Uh, yeah. And this belief that, for instance, they could like upload our consciousness into a computer. Uh-huh. Um, and I could see, especially in some like crazy sci-fi movie, that, you know, we would think we would get so good with technology... That we're gonna like change, you know, you, we can make us smarter. For instance, yeah. like a higher IQ makes you almost better at almost everything, mm-hmm. right? So it would benefit almost anybody. For instance, right. So if you could CRISPRize some genes or whatever, that you could go in some machine or get some, you know, shot or something that could make you more intelligent, mm-hmm. you could see how there would be a social uh, force, uh, a uh, consensus, even a push, to let have everybody get that mm-hmm. stuff. You know what I mean? And so it seems almost inevitable that Mm -hmm. at some point, if things keep going the way they're going, that there would be things like that. Do you you think
0: that it would go that way? See, I think it would go the other way because if everybody was smarter, let's say, (laughs) right, then either they would have to be smarter and like have a consensus saying, and and maybe smart people maybe that's why there's so many smart people who want to be socialists, saying, well, it's better if somebody controls me,
2: uh-huh.
0: or well, would I, they wake up and say, <laughs> whoa, wait, people are trying to control us? So I always think that they want to dumb people down, I see, I smarten see. them up because well, it's way easier. Who's to they? I,
2: I was, so my that, that's so, okay. Right, so right. here's
0: the they, right? So <laughs> this is this is important. Somebody we were just talking about this the other day, and um, somebody was saying how. Just a a person, it was Elisa, was talking about um, teaching. How when she started out as an aide, there was this one, like, teacher who was kind of became the power head of this and was just a total dick to everybody. And so when we say they, it's so like there's they's in every single layer. It's us.
2: They's are us. We do it to ourselves. But people...
0: But people, for whatever reason, want control over other people. And I've, yep. for the longest time, tried to believe that that wasn't the case. That it's like, oh, no, people want to control. And it's like, you, see, I, yeah. you see that on levels. So who's to say that fucking, look at Fauci, just for instance.
1: Hmm.
0: Man, is, is he stuck on this power play? Because he hasn't really addressed any of these emails. What he's done is he's just made it so anybody who believes that stuff is fucking ignorant, mm-hmm. right? Like he, there was even a part where he was talking to um, like a CNN you know, correspondent or something, and it was almost alluding to why are people even questioning me kind yeah. of thing.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: so...
2: It's like a politician. He talks yeah, like a politician. He doesn't right. answer questions. What about you know the man? fact
3: that the guy wrote a book coming right out of the pandemic
2: yeah right yeah that too so he people are incentivized and then you also have like that new ideology that's all like based on power mm-hmm. right the wokeism is entirely based on power so maybe the idea is maybe people like it takes a certain person that actually wants power mm-hmm. maybe even like Regular mental it's like small amounts of mental illness like narcissism Mm -hmm. if that's a mental illness or whatever that makes a person want power Sure, like someone who wants to always be talking the loudest in the room Mm -hmm. And then if no one else is paying attention to them, that's like this problem. I mean they want control Mm -hmm. They want power.
3: see. That's what I was gonna ask Is Mm -hmm. it a power over others or is it simply a control issue where people? People I guess impose their will on others for control yeah. simply because they feel like they have no control in their own lives. Is it is it? I think is
2: there's double think like that. I yeah. think like un, well I don't know, but I think like unconsciously that's probably a part of it. Yeah. Is they're like terrified of the fact that there's nobody has any control even. Yeah. That kind of idea. Yeah. Well but, maybe but they're not individuals
0: maybe mm-hmm. like small people. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you can't say that about you know the Chinese communist leader. He's got control over a, a lot of people. Oh well, power's real. Yeah, yeah. But I meant like that. Yeah, yeah.
2: but okay. So yeah, power's real. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So
0: then, when we say they, that's who mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Those, mm-hmm. them's, mm-hmm. those people yeah, yeah. that uh, and that and yeah, try to consolidate power like that. To try to have a rule over somebody. Mm-hmm. It, when when you look at how many things that the FDA has done, right. There's no way that you could look at the FDA and say that they are doing this and they made those mistakes out of good intentions. There's no way. Again, I'm not opposed to a level of corruption.
2: And I'm not uh, saying some mm.
0: things weren't done for Mm. good intentions. But there's so many things that they do to to have a control. I get it. Yeah. mm -hmm.
2: I, I think it's like a human being, though. Yeah. Like, take um try to think of a good example like some sort of activist mm-hmm. that you know believes maybe some false idea and then tries to impose you know because they they think oh you know this has to happen this is the good thing they right. have the idea of what's the good thing right i think i think it's you c- i can maybe make the statement that it's always done in the greater good like that that's always the idea. I wish even I what with you. Lie, I even people who so. lie, even they say, you know, uh, don't use all the masks. Mm-hmm. That was a lie for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't think it was. Okay. I, I right. honestly
0: don't think it was. I think you're given that way too much credit. Uh-huh. Of It's kind of like, you know, okay. this idea that people are inherently good. I I'm not giving it I a value. I don't think, am not saying that. Right. And so. Well, so
2: my example is going to mm-hmm. end though. Let me just end that idea. Like you got this activist. Yeah. They think they're doing the greater good and then they create evil. Yeah. You know, like Nazis probably thought they were doing, they're bringing utopia. You know what I mean? That's what they thought. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean. Social socialism. Yeah. They're like, we're going to solve but,
2: everybody's problems. But do you
0: think <laughs> that that's what they really thought? Because everybody was millions of people that they were killing. And so. I, I think it's I super think complicated. I there because, is a. Mm-hmm. Right. But. But how how would somebody say we're gonna save so one of these environmentalist activists, okay. we're gonna save the world. Okay? Yeah. And methane gas is one of the big problems. Okay. We're gonna go kill all the cows. Right. And feel like they're doing the right thing. And then thing, maybe like all these right?
2: millions of people that are getting food that are in like super poverty in some other right. countries. They because end up dying out of at, it. Or at some like that. point
0: it's I think in a in a very early point, it's like this feels good to control this and i want more of that Mm -hmm. feeling not so much but in their
2: mind they're doing it for the good maybe i
0: don't i don't think i I think it would take a sociopath
1: She thinks she's exactly. doing it that's exactly. for the best.
2: I, yeah. And I, I think the I only don't people know that's, that... I do they do. I don't see... I but disagree so, with so, that. so this is what's complicated, uh-huh. I think. You got things like double mind where people think two different mm-hmm. things at the same time. You have lies. I mean, the layers of lies, mm-hmm. like the and you know, uh, socialism stuff mm-hmm. that... Or or, or the Nazis, you know, how people started to, like, not talk. Mm -hmm. At first, it's just like, oh, I don't want to say anything. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes, like, self-censorship. And then it becomes, you kind of lie to yourself about Mm -hmm. it. And then, right, and then so it's just layers and layers of lies. There's that aspect. There's so many things that hide your own real intent. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I think, like, on the surface, they believe at some level. And, And I think the only people that don't, that they're doing it for the greater good, and the only people that don't are maybe, like, sociopaths.
0: I like think maybe the ones there's that a know, whole lot more sociopaths maybe, than, maybe, than yeah. we think. And maybe that's somebody who wants say and power. Is somebody who's got some sort of sociopathic tendencies. Because going back to the devouring mother, a lot of times that's because the mother doesn't want to be left alone. It's not because it's but to protect not totally the But she's totally
2: conscious of that. Maybe, you know I mean? maybe All not. yeah, yeah. So there's right. So there's sure.
3: that's where it's complex. Right. It's there's like, also people that fool themselves into believing that's exactly. the thing. Right. That they're mm-hmm. doing too. Right. I right. Mean, exactly. Yeah.
2: yeah, I think there's a lot of lying to yourself, fooling yeah. yourself. There's layers of denial. There's layers that we do to like make ourselves feel good about shit i mean that's virtue signaling mm-hmm. almost deaf by definition mm-hmm. right it's like i'm i'm signaling how good i am by doing all these things that maybe i don't even believe in right or mm-hmm. i do it because i'm afraid someone's gonna think bad of me if i don't do it or right. i do it you know there's well, all these I think there's a skewed
1: perception you know, that you have of the world if you're doing those things Just
0: uh, may, maybe, maybe but do you yeah. see how though like how you were saying that it wasn't None of those that you were talking about was for other people. That was all for the individual. And that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I don't think that a lot of people do stuff for the greater good. I think they do it for a self-serving mm-hmm. reason. And I'm not but saying it, that's good or bad. I'm just right. saying. Because that can
2: be a good thing, too. That's almost 100%. the opposite of that is the self-responsibility conversation. Right. You, you do greater goods by helping yourself. Mm-hmm. right? So it's almost the opposite of that. Like you think you're doing a greater good but really you're just like self-serving yourself right. or you help yourself but by. by doing but then there's so, a catalyst like, right. that
0: maybe comes from that right for yeah. sure mm-hmm. i and and i'm fully on board with um with that but i don't you know we talked about this i think just real recently um mm-hmm. you know we've got a friend who i've got two friends with money that have been helping people out one friend helped the other friend get started and get going. Now this guy, the second guy, has made way more money than the first guy, okay? Um, And he's helped more people for a more noble reason than the first guy. First guy did it completely self-serving. But the second guy wouldn't have even gotten started if it wasn't for the first guy. So that catalyst of that self-serving created an opportunity for good things to happen. Um, and right. I believe that that's certainly That's like virtuous but, selfishness. But I think we give so much credit to people for saying, well, their intentions were good. Fuck that. Sugar's intentions hell, yeah. wasn't good. You know, like right. high fructose corn syrup. There was not a good intention behind that. They didn't mm. say, well, here's what so we're going to do.
2: when they said that the fats were bad and the sugars were good correct. like they made all these that, false studies correct and, but how FDA. does that happen you know what i mean it's like it's since people are like calm or subtly incentivized you know what i mean it's i mean this is the bigger question maybe we're mm-hmm. having is how evil are people yeah right like how you know what i mean well, is well, it, are but they here's, like <laughs> but here's the
0: thing right I, and i'm not gonna say they're necessarily evil i think right now if there's mandates on a vaccine i think that's fucking evil on a vaccine that's got or not vaccine. What are we talking about? We're talking about those things that they stick in your arm. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying? Because there's such a low risk with this one thing associated with those things that you stick in your arm. <laughs> but, but, I feel
1: like it's too late for this. Um, right. This might be one that's scrapped.
0: But that's evil. But if that thing is just out there and they say, hey, this is a good idea because of X, then I don't think it's evil. It's just like, I don't think fucking big gulps are evil. I think that the high fructose corn syrup that's in a lot of these drinks and, you know, all the other chemicals, I think they harm people. I think that they make people fat. I think that they cause all sorts of emotional swings, ups and downs. I don't think there's anything good that comes from them specifically. But I do think that they should be available. And you should enjoy that if that's something that you enjoy. I don't think it should be taken away and I don't think it's evil for somebody to say, well, hey, look, there's a lot of fucking weak ass people out there that are gonna follow on this marketing brand, um, you know, campaign that I do. As long as you're not like forcing them, then it's okay. And I know there's coercion and I know that we look at how things are marketed and you're bombarded with all sorts of things, but people can turn that off. You don't have to absorb all of that. So I'm okay with that to a large degree, but when we give people this leeway, like I can't give these guys this leeway and say, well, they originally said no mask, so it wasn't flooded, especially after all the contradictions that they've had. And you see that there was a personal interest involved in the potential of this lab leak at that point it's like if you give this guy the benefit of well he was doing it for the right reasons then he gets a free pass i just think on everything i just think
2: he thinks he was doing it for the right reasons
0: well, but he right. lied about his lies about his lies. You know what I'm saying? There's layers, right. layers, layers. Mm-hmm. So I just, was I, he doing that maybe, for the right reason? Or? Maybe
2: it's just more complicated uh-huh. than to say sure. one or the other. Sure. Like, I mean, it'd be know. like
0: saying the gain of function research. Right. Okay. Does he want... So, so the guys who do that, do they want to create a solution to a problem, right? Mm. Of if there's a transmission from a bat that you know, like makes gains we, this kind of yeah, a, makes a new adaptation, yeah, yeah. right? That can be, you know, brought into humans. Do we want to understand how that adaptation might've occurred? So we're going to enhance these. Is that their motive or is their motive? Well, there might be a time too, where we're called upon for some sort of biological weapon. And we've got something that can go either way. We could play it as a vaccine. We could play it as a biological weapon. I don't think these guys. When you're talking about that much money on the table, I don't really think that for them it matters which way it goes. I think what matters is that they get paid for the stuff that they're doing. Hmm. And so, in, in that regards, because it, why would you create such a threat in a lab when hmm. it could but be? I, but I think it could have problems. And that then, that is the. Well, you can finish it and then so there was a um uh one of the senators was asking dr fauci he's like so because dr fauci said well i don't know we don't know what goes on with all the grants that we give and he's like but you're giving money to china for or, or at least to a lab that does gain a function research why wouldn't you know specifically what that money was going for. Why wouldn't you know specifically the safety of yeah. that lab? Because when you start to mess with stuff like that, you don't get yeah. the benefit of the doubt anymore. You don't get to, if if you're gonna play that role, in my mind, if you're gonna be the guy that plays that role that says, I stand up for this, then you're Alex Honnold. You don't get a mistake. You don't get a mistake. It's gotta so, be right so, the that's So that's
2: the thing about, so maybe, this is another conundrum that humans are living through, mm-hmm. is that we're now so advanced that we're constantly making problems that we've never like come across before. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Brett Weinstein calls that, like, hyper-novelty. Mm-hmm. Like, we live in this age where everything is so new, there's no chance for us to adapt to it. And it's just, you know, doubling every year, that idea, is speeding up. Mm-hmm. And so we're constantly making problems that are almost unsolvable. Mm-hmm. And then we need to depend on technology to, spe- to, to speed up to, like, solve so the problem we that we just that. created. <laughs> okay. And then that creates another one. You know, oh, I thought that was sound, um, that's an hour. Um, so that's just also like a problem of our age mm-hmm. is and that 's another example of that. Maybe like nuclear power might be another one there's mm-hmm. all kinds of, of things like that 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 this age is is what we're dealing with. so again, I might want to frame it my narrative mm-hmm. might be that um, that it's us doing it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, there are like some evil people and who knows how high that goes, Mm -hmm. right? All that Illuminati stuff, if you want to use that as a blanket term, (laughs) that shit goes on, right? I mean, that dude who was in the cell with fucking Ruby, like that shit happens. Mm -hmm. And that guy got orders from someone else and that guy's connected to some guy in, you know, fucking Bulgaria or some shit. Sure. You know what I mean? That's why I don't (laughs)
0: think the goal, though, would be to make people smarter. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's where I think... For them.
2: For the for, Illuminati, for
0: wh- whoever's in charge, at, at every level, though, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like even the fucking tyrant, you know, like grocery store, you know, uh, supervisor, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. If everybody was smarter, they
2: then take his job. They're
0: going to take his job. Right. So <laughs> I don't think that the people on that level want that now i'm not mm-hmm. saying an entrepreneur who's building a business who's like right and i want to hire these people that are smarter than me to right. get this job that's and a then different inside
2: guy. of a meritocracy and inside of things like that that's what happens mm-hmm. is those people somewhat i mean obviously we have this like kind of like rickety old system of poli- you know maybe politics is always like that right how long has that mm-hmm. been going on yeah you know the people up there are just like all fucked up or or how about again Another thing, let's say the enlightenment or progressivism like destroyed was this idea that back in the day we were ruled by elites. And maybe that meant they're people with like a 300 IQ or whatever Mm -hmm. and are actually like like Marcus Aurelius, like this like virtuous philosopher king, you know, and that, you know, those are the people that now we just like have these like money grabbing lawyers essentially right they're all yeah. like from law school and shit you know so it's just like a system so I, I agree that there are like fucked up things mm-hmm. in that system but I guess I'm just kind of like you know marinating on the idea of like you know how how, how consciously evil are people mm-hmm. you know how, how much how much do we really just rule ourselves mm-hmm. and that because yeah there are people that are ruling and they have power and yeah. it works mm-hmm. but at the same time the system is way too chaotic and complex for anybody to have power over the whole thing
0: Well, I think in the current way that it exists, and that's why I think you're seeing this big shift towards socialism, because Stalin had power over the whole fucking thing. Mm. I mean, he had eyes and ears.
2: Total, totalitarian. everywhere. (laughs) Mao had power over
0: the whole thing. Any dissidents were... Have, Quick, have, have you heard
2: that chick that escaped from North Korea uh-huh. that's been going around? Yeah. Dude, you should check her out. That story is insane. Yeah. And to hear in detail, like, what life is like out there. Yeah. She's, like, catching dragonflies. like,
3: within a few years ago. She's been out for a few years, yeah, you know? say, uh, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's been doing the rounds Probably for a she's while.
1: still alive. <laughs>
2: she escaped. That's no. All. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have you heard it? Have you heard No, her? I mean, oh, okay. like, mm.
1: if... You know, somebody can communicate with someone that can com- yeah. that can communicate with someone else. How is she still alive? I wondered like, if there's like assassins how, out yeah, there. Is like, she living to her, her she life, life yeah. knowing yeah. that she could potentially just get killed?
2: Right. But mean, she escaped. How long did Julian
3: Assange stay in the <laughs> fucking embassy until they finally got him out of there? Or Edward Snowden? But or... I thought this
1: was an interesting conversation that we were having because you're always the seemingly extra positive person well and I know that I'm good you don't like it's not like you would see these things as necessarily negative mm -hmm. because you said earlier you don't give some of it any value
0: here's the thing this is this is hard to say this you know because people take it the wrong way I thrive with conflict I love conflict Mm. I man that's you know i don't like traffic (laughs) okay that's the conflict i don't like
1: i mean there's gonna be something that's
0: right but you know what i'm saying like i think it's fucking like i don't want to eradicate big gulps I want there to be fat people out there, right? Because one, if everybody's in shape, well then who the fuck cares about what you do anyway? But it's anyway? also kind of like you know, what Justin
1: was saying earlier. He was saying that um, he was, you were talking about all these problems that we create, mm-hmm. right? And we're mm-hmm. trying to rely on technology to solve these problems. It's like we're trying to give ourselves some sort of motivation to
0: mm-hmm. enjoy
1: life. Mm-hmm. In Correct.
0: A way. I, I And agree. so I can
1: see how conflict is enjoyable. Like I enjoy it. there are times where I like maybe in the moment, for a brief moment, I don't enjoy it. But then I'm trying now because I used to be the type of person that would, you know, ferment yeah. in oh, these okay. in these negative things. Uh-huh. I almost craved negative things. Mm-hmm. And that's something I,
0: I think a lot of people
3: do. I
1: think, I think we all well, do yeah.
3: it. <laughs> well, like, sometimes yeah. because you don't have it in your physical life, though, right?
1: Yeah, so you're looking for it, and that's something that's how I want it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, now, now, now that you have something so, physical, you're not so marinating so much mentally.
0: This would be the question, though, that I would then pose to you guys to, to think about. So if you're craving negative things, now we're not talking about fucking harming other people right. per se. That's not what we're talking about. Like, I, I think consensus. that's different. We're talking about big gulps, <laughs> smoking cigarettes. Well, or, yeah, <laughs> but conflict, <fucking> right? <laughs> 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 you know, then always negative. do we look at them as negative things? You, you know, and therein lies lies the, the shift. And that's where, again, I go back. This kind of brings us all the way back. My perception on things is then it's not really a bad day because there was nothing really negative all of those but you things, can have
1: can you say it was a good day
0: yeah can say but it was why a great can you day?
1: always say it's a good day but never it's a bad day
0: well because <laughs> the things the the things that motivate me I like create a positive right and, and so if you've made one little inch of gain on in that direction then it's a good day right you're
1: I wish, alive I you're
0: healthy I mean I've never been struck with inju- you know like sickness injuries but You know, they've been marginal. Like, I haven't had a severe neck or back injury, um, anything debilitating like that. So, again, all of the things that I've had, all of them, it's been like, okay, well, how am I going to navigate this and solve that problem? And even if you get a partial solve on that, again, it becomes a positive, and that's a good day. But that's
1: what I'm saying, though. Uh A problem is has a negative connotation to it no, it's I just don't well, think i do that, yeah I think because but we all have, have to solve it.
3: <laughs> we all have different perceptions of what negative and positive but what i'm are. trying to say
1: is just because it's a negative thing in that moment it doesn't have to stay a negative thing it doesn't I agree. what i'm saying is i still think sometimes things have negative values mm-hmm. and seeing that is important in growing and making it a positive thing mm-hmm. otherwise how are you going to make it a positive thing if it's well, not a negative would thing? would it it's be okay a positive thing.
0: so then If you enjoyed a negative thing, is it still negative?
1: I would say it can be in part. But Mm -hmm. just because you decide to, it's like two sides of a coin Mm -hmm. of the same coin. That's what I'm trying to say. It
2: is two sides of a coin. Again, Mm -hmm. because pain makes you grow. Mm -hmm. So whatever you want to say is negative, something that hurts you, Mm -hmm. something that makes you... You know, I don't know what, what you would say. Have resilient. emotions you don't want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like whatever something negative Those is. things that, yeah, yeah, usually you know, like I think some people define that as you know, anti fragility. That's a cool word. Mm-hmm. Do you know that one? <laughs> it's a cool word. <laughs> it is. Do you know it? Do you know, it? <laughs> <Cool word. laughs> um, it means like oh the. So I think I think Nasim Taleb like like coined that one, and he defines it as. You know, I I was defining it at first as like things that hurt you make you stronger. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's like a nice little quip or whatever. But he says it's chaos. So anything that introduces chaos into a system, like if you break your phone, that's chaos, Mm -hmm. right? And then, so, but so anti-fragility is that you get, yeah, you get stronger with Mm -hmm. the chaos. The chaos actually makes you
0: stronger or have order. Isn't it interesting how the opposites create like Mm -hmm. the yeah like mm-hmm. so exactly. you have the hard things of make things better for you yeah and if you got too easy <laughs> of things you get it's like, like softer you or you, yeah, get, you, get
3: you get yeah bad. yeah well this it's is a, this guy. is working out in and of itself <laughs> right i mean you you're the chaos with lifting a weight is the act of lifting the weight itself you're, you're tearing muscle tissues and, right. or you can stay stagnant and safe right. and, and yeah. happy and healthy and positive Mm. in this fucking non-mobile state but you're never gonna grow you're never gonna get stronger i mean it's it's,
2: yeah and then and then the idea is that like chaos is where new things come from so it's like chaos is both dangerous so i mean we talked about dragons last time that's kind of the idea it's dangerous it can they can hurt you it could kill you like you know i heard someone recently say like uh, cultures used to be separated right and then the value of like meeting people from another culture was that they could give you new things, mm-hmm. technology, you know, food seeds, you know, whatever that means. But they could also bring a disease. Mm-hmm. Some someone wrote a book on this recently, the parasitic something. Um, so you're either gonna get something new, or you're gonna get killed. Mm-hmm. So that's chaos right there. It's like the new, it's the unknown, it's the different than you, like a different identity, that kind of stuff. And it can give you treasure, right? That's the mythological idea, which you know, things that benefit you or your culture, um, but it's dangerous, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, so you have to you have to confront it to grow, but too much of it can fuck you up, yeah, right? So yeah, so maybe saying so saying negative and bad mm-hmm. is a lens to describe something right. that we're trying to get at. And you could use other words to describe those signs, Well, then, if right? I
1: could use other words to describe those, yeah. and I could use other words to describe positive, because then I don't think it's fair, <laughs> I don't think it's fair to use positive yeah. if you're not willing to I use negative. I would say yeah, some right. things are negative. No, I, to I me, think, I think, I think, think it's it a exists. matter yeah. of people but refusing the fact that <laughs> sometimes we want things to be so perfect that there is no negative. And so if there is no negative, I don't oh. even have to consider well, it. But can you be neutral not, with things? That's not That's what, what I'm, I'm trying saying. to say. It's having both and then Yeah, you are neutral and that's where you decide whether you decide to keep it
3: because life is inherently neutral It's us that gives these connotations to good or bad and what I was gonna say earlier was like Like I think I think you had brought this up about the the Iraq and Palestine Conflict that's going on or I is Iran Uh, but just like we here like we're accepting of gay people transgender people whatever but you go over there those same people would be killed now we see that as a negative right that's an evil it's Mm -hmm. but to them that's like a positive because they're getting rid of what they perceive as evil
1: surely so
3: as humans we all have such a vast range of what we perceive to be positive or negative that at the end of the day like those words really mean nothing it's it's all the spin that we put on it as an individual
0: kind of like the feelings that they bring out in us
3: yeah
2: I yeah. don't yeah so I don't know if I I see both sides of that coin yeah. like I see because that that leads to like cultural relativism and stuff that there is no such thing as good or bad and and that somewhat is a result of like the scientific mind uh, which is fine you know what I mean like no 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 knock on it but I'm also just seeing that the spiritual side of things is to say that there is an up and a down. There is like a high and a low. I would disagree. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like things like Buddhism is a little more in line. I think with, with that type of thinking that like, um, you know, I think it's called like a metaphysics to see like underneath the world, there are like, there is truth right there is a truth Mm. and maybe like the modern postmodern idea which i live in most of the time maybe all the time actually is that idea you have about good and bad is what we put on things like that's mostly where i live you know but i also think that that sometimes you know we deconstruct everything and we say that all that's out there is this like void of potential you know and there's like nothing there underneath anything and good and bad are just like these because if you say good and bad are just inventions, I don't know, what it, what it does to me is I have this intuition that that's not the case. So it might be true. It
1: would flatten
2: things, though. It, 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 yeah, and then it allows, it's a deconstructionist, it's kind of like a deconstructionist philosophy in which, um, yeah, there is no real, right? And the only thing we're doing is like making a real out of nothing. Or like placing, which we do. That's also true. So it's also like it is also true. And maybe I'm trying to get at some like really deep like, like ultimate truth about it, which you know I'm not smart enough to get at. But I, I see both sides of that coin, because definitely in our lives we're always like labeling shit, and that's like a lot of times our ego misinterpreting things, and it's like, and I, but at the same time our experience is like that that even objects have like meaning maybe maybe so that's how like jordan peterson puts it in like his maps of meaning book it's like like a baby like we think that objects just exist but let's say like a baby learns like a rocking chair they climb the rocking chair and they fall and get hurt so to them that rocking chair has like valence like it's good or bad Mm -hmm. right it has meaning to it so it's it's bad and maybe they misinterpret it because they could like Learn to like enjoy the rock of it
3: or whatever. But what about but, the argument about yeah, yeah. when a child falls? A lot of times, I know I saw this with my nieces. They used to not react when they would fall until mm. somebody went Are for sure. You okay,
2: for sure. So maybe the parent. So that's like another example. Is like like you have like a bunch of glass fragile stuff, and then the kid comes up and is like, "Ooh, what's this? Like glass horse?" And the mom's like, "No, no, 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 no!" And they get in trouble. Yeah. Still, they're now attributing meaning to that. That table is dangerous, but also kind of like, I want to see what's over there, you know what I mean? So the idea being that even objects themselves, we have meaning to us. It has like, there is like a good and a bad, and maybe, I don't know, I guess, you know, maybe I'm getting too like deep Mm -hmm. into the truth of the matter, but um, I, I think that as well, like we do put things on stuff, good and bad, and it's like a label we put on the world, but also things in the world have like this type of truth to them. Like, and and there is like a good and a bad, I feel. And that's maybe For sure. Mm -hmm.
0: But but you can make it like, this is what I think. And and maybe this will help you understand what I'm saying. It's like, you're the filter. You, me. Mm. So these bad things, negative things, whatever, they go into this box. Right? And then they're getting pushed through and they go through me, the filter. And so where I'm saying I look at them as positives is because if when they start to go into the machine and they're getting processed and they come out the filter i look at one little instance of something that i did to improve that and it becomes a positive versus a negative it's like a leg right? you're
2: putting on a thing so it's like you could still say it's negative or it it hurts you or whatever you want to say for negative mm-hmm. you could still say like watching someone die or something horrible like that is negative, sure. But then there's some experience you can have of that event. It's positive. That's positive, right? And yeah. so
0: then this becomes you as the filter, and this is where, for me, this would be my strength in somebody saying, you know, because there's like like I am who I am, right? I mean, I don't hide behind any kind of facades on anything, and um, I'm not really like. hard guy to figure out you know it's not like oh man this guy's fucking you know like mystery man or anything I mean (laughs) I'm pretty much fucking what you see but a lot of people like let's say for you guys for instance you guys have all experienced some level of depression right and what I might say is that that might be a reason that you experience that level of depression because when you when those bad things negative things went into that box and they're in that hopper getting mixed around and they're coming out they're still coming out negative and so you still choose to see them as I, having a yeah, negative connotation. That, that's true, but I still think, and it keeps you I still in that, that negative side For sure, you of can stay perception. in it. But yeah. I also think that depression can be good. 100%. And, and, it, and, and sometimes yeah. it's some weird gift. I'm 100% right, with you. Right, that's why you can, I say you that you guys are, it, you know, have these superpowers and I'm just a normal because I don't. I feel like that's... But, but here's the thing, though. it's The depression is good if you don't stay in it. If you do stay in it, it might be good for people years later. Like, mm-hmm. right? Um, Van Gogh. Yeah, that's not to right? say that you should His get stuck art in is it, great yeah. for people. Right. It sucked for him.
2: Right. Right. I mean, he cut his yeah. ear off, and, and there's some fucking, weird thing about depression. Like, you could be so depressed that you can't do anything. Correct. But then you could be like, or that you have a shitty, shitty life. Super but again,
0: it's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. oh, he contributed this great thing. So let's be egotistical for a moment, and let's say it's about us, right? So if it's about you, then being in depression for a long period of time is not good for you. It's just not. Having bouts of depression where you go in and you get out of them is probably very um, you know, informative. It probably tells you something about yourself. It probably gives you a story to write a song about or to make a painting about right, or to take a photograph of. It, it probably gives you something deep. If you just flatline, really you get stuck, right? Yeah. But yeah. it doesn't yeah. mean that you've got to just be down or flatlined. Right. Right. You can also be moving up and have those experiences. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's what I'm saying. For me, the, the reason I choose not to look at it as depression for me. So if I was bummed about something that happened and I go do a fucking mountain bike ride, well, I'm getting into the moment. I'm getting into the zone but what came out of that was something very positive, not something that it's like, oh my God, this fucking is horrible. Mm-hmm. And so the way I channel it, and I'm not saying it's the um, only way, but I do think it's a right way, and it's one of the best ways, is to be physical. And when you get physical, you go do physical things. It's hard I to think get depression stuck is in a disease of the mind,
2: uh-huh. and so if you can get down in the body right, right. That, that does you know and then it again it supports the mind and stuff yeah i think again like if we could relate it even to like that anti-fragility thing and the chaos thing it's like it's interesting like you were even using those words you know it, depression's deep right it's down it's like dark mm-hmm. Yeah, you know i mean so it's all that it's like yin stuff right um it's you know it's you know, I don't know. It's so hard to get at it. And that's what, you know, symbolically. Say, mm, yeah, uh, go for it. I actually
1: want to say a couple things because <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. I said something and you guys responded and then I didn't get to respond, <laughs> respond. to your response. So one, one thing I would like to say is, and this is because I also saw Bandit, your dog, mm-hmm. right? He's blind. Mm-hmm. So imagine for a dog or a person who's blind, mm-hmm. there were... No obstacles. They would just be like they couldn't feel anything. You couldn't like bump into stuff. You would just aimlessly be walking. Mm-hmm. So you need to have contrast. You need to have opposites. Yes. True. And so that yeah. was what I was what I was trying to get at earlier. Is <laughs> um, it's like saying yeah, you're a filter, but before that, it's kind of like Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> Those things that you put in the box, are they naturally negative? And by naturally, I mean like in that, you know, say somebody you cared about died, mm-hmm. right? You put that in that box, it is what it is. And then it goes through you, the filter. Mm-hmm. But up until that point, it's still... And I think even after, intrinsically, it can still be a bad thing. But just just because you look at it in a positive way doesn't mean it's only positive or it's only negative. What I was right. trying to say was just say, that. Just yeah, like,
3: it's just the observer.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, so I am i don't know if like what I was saying earlier was yeah. understood and <laughs> mostly what I wanted to get to is if we use the word positive sometimes we should also use the word negative.
0: Well I think to, it builds it. I, I mean I don't yeah. think you can have one without the other. That's the yin-yang principle you know, hard, soft, male, female, blah, 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 all of that kind of stuff. Um But I do think that when we talk about what that equates to, what it comes out to, we get to choose how that comes out of us, For right? Sure. We get to choose how that is perceived, and you know, that's why I firmly believe in suffering to some degree. I don't want to suffer like be hungry and you know freezing cold and and that kind of stuff but i'm saying we suffer that's a negative but it comes out a positive you you know so you because put those, we
1: learn to enjoy it correct and... we learn to enjoy it
0: exactly exactly that's you know comes back to this whole start of this conversation right you you take that stuff because you know it's going to be negative you know it's going to hurt you know it's going to cause grief you know it's going to cause sorrow whatever and it goes in there and it's starting to get mixed around right with your experiences and your you know what you're good at if if you're good at doing it in small doses you get better at doing it in larger doses and then you could put more of that shit and you can take a bigger one and a bigger one and still come out with something relatively positive it might not be the most positive thing ever but it comes out and it's like one step better it's the whole well, positional you're not hierarchy holding onto of jiu-jitsu it as a
1: negative anymore yeah. you're just you have just you move one step that. yeah i
0: really think you know, maybe
2: one psychological way not to bring this like into religion. I'm, I'm not Christian, but I've just been thinking about that idea is, uh, the, there is this phrase of Christ that is joyful suffering. Mm-hmm. And so it is a symbol or an idea or like a picture of someone taking the suffering of the entire world. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could say the most suffering you can imagine <laughs> or something like that. Mm-hmm. And what happens is they become the most joyful that you can possibly imagine they become they transcend mm-hmm. or whatever or whatever word so it is like a symbol of that thing in a way mm-hmm. that it's through the suffering and then you know they also have language of sacrifice in there mm-hmm. it's through the through through sacrifice that that you're able to reach the highest possible thing yeah. so i mean that's again another like kind of peterson kind of thing jordan sure. peterson he says, like, maybe one way to look at Christ is if you think of the best man imaginable, the highest ideal, man or woman, maybe. I don't know how to put that part of it. But the highest ideal of a person mm-hmm. that you can think of is that's what, at least psychologically speaking, you could say that Christ is. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is something in that story that's like you go through the suffering to reach those highest yeah. places.
0: Right. And it, mm. it comes out if you, if you process it. Well, yeah. it comes out positive.
2: Right, and it is still, ne- I mean, it's suffering, it's death, it's all. Mm-hmm. It's things that, like, that's what I'm hearing you say, at least, is that there is some truth at the base level to positive and negative, right? And I mean, I just d- d- see them d- as despite, opposites. Right, opposites, that's right. That, yeah, yeah, and, like, exactly. if we
1: look at positive, you know, trying to turn a <laughs> difficult situation into something positive or something productive or something that's good still, you know, we're trying to balance it out. So, yep. that's that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying right. we shouldn't. Negative's not, not like bad.
0: Saying, it doesn't mean yeah. yeah that's right. what I'm it's trying like, to say. It's like, an, a, yeah. Yeah. but you don't want to hold. What I think this mm-hmm. is my opinion, um, is that you don't want to hold it though. You don't you don't want to hold that for very long. It's hot shit. Well, there's a You know difference? what I'm saying? Yeah. You want that okay. into the hopper mixing. Mm. I, I think personally, people hold on to that shit too long. I think, they just
1: need to give it some water to cool off. Yeah, they just,
0: they need to fucking do something to, to manage it and to handle it. Mm. And So yeah, I guess maybe you're
2: saying you could have too much of one, too much, yeah, it's I like out of balance or something. For sure. Like and that.
0: this is what I think happens. So this, you know, it, we go back to our little diagram here, right? So negativity is going into the fucking mixer, right? It's churning It goes through the filter and it's still a little negative. More negative shits coming in. It goes into the fucking churner, comes out, and it's more negative. And it keeps coming out, and it's more negative, and it's more negative.
1: Are you powering so, the, turner? Or are you think, the churner? Are you? Yeah, I
0: think <laughs> so. I that's think. what I want to. Yeah, yeah that's, I Absolutely. just want to put that into highlight. And that's the thing, though, and, and like the physical, the lack of movement for somebody, the slower that thing's turning right? And the more it's stewing in them and the more it's building in them. And this is, you know, they're getting fucking clogged up, right? With just more of this shit coming in, literally just getting packed in there. And when it comes out, it's going to hurt, right? The more you put yourself through suffering, the more you can deal with that pain coming in, it keeps going out, man. The, the opening is way bigger so that that stuff keeps coming out. It's fucking Something's positive coming out of it because if it was negative, it's gonna weigh you down, it's gonna drag you down, and more negative shit's gonna get built up. So that idea that we hang on to that. I think that I think if you guys went back and you looked at and this is what I would, you know, I would bet, and you looked at what caused your bouts of depression, you would be looking at things that you held on to way longer. It's like fucking be rolling, right? And you go for a move and you hold on to that move for five or six moves and then all of a sudden you're getting choked out. And it's like, yeah, that's diminishing returns. You kept that. It's It lost its value way before. And anybody that I've seen who's dealt with depression, and it, you know, again, it's not a good or a bad thing. I'm not giving it a value like that. I'm just saying that that's what they do is they hold on to something for so long. I've got a friend who claims that for he's so the, long
1: that it isn't anymore good that it has to have a value i got
0: i have got a friend who 22 years ago or something his girlfriend died in a car accident okay this guy still talks about that like it was yesterday he's the most fucked up guy i know <laughs> i mean literally and it's like i get it that's a sad thing that's a hard thing to deal with but You're never going to get past it because that chick just died yesterday, you know, in his mind. And so you hold on to those things and you don't process them and make them better. Then the longer you stay in that, the more fucked up you get. He's going to be like this for the rest of his life. I mean, there's just he's lost all desire to get out of that mode. And then when you get older, I mean, this is the facts with dudes. You fucking lose testosterone and so when you lose testosterone you lose that fight you lose that desire to fucking fight and so then what do you do you just yep. get complacent it just gets worse. right nice. no I agree with yeah, that yeah. I agree
1: with that 100% that's I mean, the vaccine I, I
0: think <laughs> <laughs> that was the first dose of it going in I think there's going to be more I think it's going to slow people down but I do want to
1: answer something that you like you said um, you were Oops. talking about if we look back at the things that caused our depression mm-hmm. most people don't know what is causing that depression sure. and That's I think part of things. the part of the whole thing is trying to figure that out like 100% I can't say right now that I know exactly mm-hmm. everything that did play a factor yeah. I know some things mm-hmm. that I could say right away if I look back at it I don't know how like I don't wanna be depressed again I, sure but You know, that is also what helped me get to where I am right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe I would Mm -hmm. be somewhere else entirely. Mm I I I can say
3: for me, like it was like when I looked back, because I've taken time to look back and like try to process what were the things. And sure, there were traumatic moments in my childhood but i think had i been taught how to process it differently i wouldn't have been depressed i wouldn't have been so anxious i wouldn't have been so socially awkward it was it was more more of it had to do with the way that my environment was telling me how to process these things than it was how i was i think innately reacting to them where like you know seeing i don't know one one of my close friends at the age of like seven, overdose, and I mean, he was older than me, he was actually one of my brother's friends, but I looked up to the kid, overdose on pills, Uh, a close friend down the street, overdose two weeks after that, Uh, my friend Charles fucking heart exploded in his chest, mom found him in a pool of blood, like all these things were... They, they were all catalysts to feed my depression because I was not taught how to look at things honestly in a way to understand that I had nothing to do with any of these things. Like, I had nothing to do with any of these experiences, but for whatever reason, I held on to some sort of existential guilt because I was still alive. I was still enjoying my life. I was still able to do the things that I wanted. And it made me feel fucking bad for some reason that these people were in such a place of suffering that they decided to well, some of them were conscious decisions to end their own lives and the other ones just, I think, were subconsciously poisoning themselves to that point. Um, But also, it was like my parents, you know, my mom was, she was a counselor and she didn't, she looked at everything from this very purist scope of, you know, fighting's bad, uh, conflict's bad, like, like everything we're saying right now about the things that help us grow and that we can change through this filter from negative to positive all those things were taught to me to just be negatives when i was growing up i didn't have anybody that was older in my life to tell me like this shit sucks right now but if you can go through it if you can look at it through this lens like you're going to come out stronger on the other side and then to the to the same degree of what eric's saying about his friend who who lost this girl When I was 19, my best friend Patrick shot himself in the mouth. His mom found him in the closet. When I went to the funeral, I saw my best friend laying in a casket with a fucking hole in his head. That's something I will never forget. And I can say that from that perspective, what I think some people, what happens when they go through those types of moments, like your friend, for instance, maybe it's not so much that he's... um, well, I think sometimes we have trouble with processing that moment so you keep on reliving it and you keep on waking up every day and you just you think about how bad that thing was and it just sends you into that spiral at the beginning of the day and by the end of the day you've been thinking about it so much now you're going to sleep with that idea and then there are some people... That they take that traumatic experience and they use it as a crutch in their life, and they go, "Well, this fucking shitty thing happened to me, so don't expect me to do X, Y, and Z. Like, I'm I'm gonna start living my life this way because I've been broken, and now I've." They see it as almost like a ticket to, to take to take things easier on themselves for the rest of their life. They they just take a, a back seat because. They they suddenly lost the will to, to fight anymore.
1: Victim it, mentality. Victim mentality exactly oh. entirely. So I to, no, I mean
3: and that that's a hundred percent what it is because I know for a fact that for a good three years after that experience I was stuck in that where I would just like I was pissed off at the world I was pissed off at everybody anybody that tried to tell me otherwise from my own perception was an enemy to me because they to me it was like you don't understand you don't know what I what I've seen you don't know what I've been through you don't you don't know the situations. I've been in but then as i got older it was like oh that's my advantage like that's because they don't know what i've been through because they don't know what i've seen they don't understand the fight that i have in me and that was something i had to learn how to tap into well late into my 20s like it, it's really just been a few years that i've really grown to become comfortable with all the bullshit and understand that those were all those were all the cultures in the petri dish that were feeding they were feeding my 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 growth. I mean, I was the bacteria in the petri dish, but I I needed those things to feed my soul and to to make me understand that even those moments, I don't see them as inherently bad in my life. Yeah, they were negative. Yeah, they were tough to go through. They fucking sucked, but I I I know today I am stronger than the average Joe because of the shit that I've gone through. And it's it's why um, I don't know. It's why I haven't given up on, on the hardest fucking things in my life. Like I, I still, I'll, I'll get kicked back and it, it sucks for a minute. And then I just sit there and I go, the other shit, like I've been through worse things, you know, and it just fucking propels me to get right back into that fucking fight. Right. My question to you was, okay. cause you're saying you don't see things or you think that things have an inherent good or, or, or evil or a negative or positive if we go back to the caveman when they're just trying to survive and we didn't have language to describe these things and he if somebody's going outside of the cave and they approach a a bush patch and there's a fucking tiger or a bear or something like do you think that they saw that as a negative experience or a, a bad thing or Did they go back to the cave and say, I had a bad day today? Or did they simply process that as, I don't go back to that bush patch?
0: (laughs) They're like, fucking hunt it.
2: Yeah. I would think, I would think that, uh, or it could have been that. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that they probably had, uh, encoded in their idea of the tiger, that it's dangerous. Right. So So survival mechanism yeah yeah and it's just how we see the world i'm just saying yes the idea is just that there's meaning attributed to things and maybe you would see it as food like maybe if it was a bear and, and they know about hunting bears maybe it would be danger and like that's on the value of it but also potential for like food or right so that's that's all i'm saying with that like so it's not that they have a word they have a meaning yeah. right mm-hmm. and 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 meanings are associated with words. It's interesting because symbols are, are you, know, it's, you know, it's such a hard thing to get at like what a symbol is and, and what a symbolic world is, like that we live in that world. That, that's kind of the idea is it's like, you know, maybe there's a world with objects and stuff like that. Um, but there's also this like world of meaning and value and that we also live in at the same time. And those things are in objects in a way. You know, if not like literally. So, where,
0: where do you think, like, because this was an interesting thought that popped in my head on that scenario, the idea came that it's a um, rite of passage or a badge of courage. I thought about that too. to yeah. <laughs> To kill it. To, to hunt it, right? <laughs>
2: like, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, you because have claw, do you know, whatever, at some
0: that. point early on, that was, right? It yeah. went from necessity right. to like. Mm-hmm. It's still a necessity, but you well, there's can, also like, what yeah. if what if that
2: tiger's like living close to your village? Like, yeah. you got to take it out, or one of your kids right. is getting eaten, yeah. right? So it's like that as well. It's like you have to take now. You have to go find. Go to the caves.
0: Tiger claws right, around your neck. Right. <laughs> and like, Shit, Don't fuck with that guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Anything to add? <laughs>
1: um, I do. I have a question about sushi. <laughs> like <laughs> the ginger like okay. why do we why why do they serve ginger with your sushi
0: mm. pickled ginger yeah like isn't it supposed to like cleanse your like, palate
1: yeah why but why do you want to so do you that can so, so that's you the can next taste. bite of sushi yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's all i wanted to say it's like i think that's a a, a parallel in things you know if we eat just so many different kinds of sushi, and they're all delicious and great. We still won't be able to like discern them if mm. we don't cleanse the palate. Sure, the
0: nice. So. Sure, I like that. Huh? That's what I how, was thinking but about but how do you, sushi. how do you uh, cleanse? How do you cleanse?
1: How do you cleanse? Yeah. I don't know with this big filter right physical. here that you're turning and physical activity, jujitsu. Yeah, I, I think I think <laughs> this is what I cleanse. think.
0: Meditation. Yeah. That's what I think. Well, for me, sometimes
1: jiu mm-hmm. is meditation. I, was just say
0: that. I, I think it is, but, but I think the there's same. a different kind of meditation too when you're still. I think there's moving meditation, yeah. which is fantastic, flow state. But I do think what you're saying is when do you cleanse it? Because I don't think you can necessarily cleanse it mm-hmm. when you're in the state of action. I think you're more there, but I don't think you're like. Getting rid of all the the debris. I think that's mm-hmm. where, at least for me, the meditation, the yeah, like can, calm, quiet, still meditation. Clearly, comes in yeah,
1: I'm not very good at meditating. <laughs> still I on it. All right. Yeah.
0: All right. We're good.